and welcome to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, the stories, the people and the standards transforming our daily lives. My name is Fanula Malone, Digital Marketing Manager at GS1 Ireland. And today on the programme, I am joined by Fallon Moore of BLOSS. So welcome to the show, Fallon. Thanks a million, Fanula. Thanks for having me. So you run the BLOSS Awards with your dad, Artie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about how... BLOSS got started and what it's all about? Sure. Um, So BLOSS is 15 years old this year and it was first started by Artie. He founded it when I suppose they were looking to see what type of awards were there for Irish food producers. Mm. And he was seeing that a lot of people would have to go overseas to get an award for their product. There wasn't a dedicated awards for food and drinks being made here on a broader scale because there's always great awards Mm. for the individual products for things like kosh or Mm. the individual categories but not a larger one so he founded that because he wanted the foods and drinks that are made here to have a platform that they could be recognized on Mm. and so he started working on that it was entirely voluntary the first few years he was working out of the front living room and <laughs> calling on help from everyone around him, which is how I got involved. <laughs> and I kind of as the years have gone on, it's developed and it's gotten to the stage where we can both work within it and, you know, out of an office, which my mother is very grateful for. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> to get you out of the house. <laughs> That's it. It's amazing to think that there wasn't um, an Irish Food Awards before 15 years ago, considering there's so many amazing Irish food producers in the country. There is. And I suppose there are smaller competitions which focus on a particular type of food or a particular location. But this was something where he wanted a, a broad competition where Everything that was made here with Irish ingredients could be entered into the into the one competition for it to essentially be an all Ireland. Mm. So that actually became one of the biggest challenges as well was how to judge that. So he works with UCC and it was mm. developed with Joe Kerry down in UCC and also in line with the university over in Copenhagen as well. But It was to find a standard method of judging, which could be applied to all of the products which were being tasted. And that method has now been used consistently for the 15 years. It's been tested. It's published now. It's recognized as an industry standard, as a method Mm. of judging food. And how does it work, Vaughn? So each of the products which are entered, if something is entered, for example, in a yogurt category yeah all of those are presented blind to the judges so we have a panel of judges the panel is always from a mix of backgrounds so you've got the academics there which are I suppose really the the cornerstone of it but in addition to that there are buyers always independent buyers never from large retail where there could be conflict mm. of interest journalists, um, industry, and then really importantly, actually, we have home cooks. So people who are actually buying the food and putting it on the table for their family, because that's really what you're looking to find is what people want on a table here in Ireland. Yeah, the customers, yeah. Exactly. So you take that full panel 
And one of the ways that we have to do it is we can't allow them to confer because those really can't influence each other. Because if you have a home cook sitting beside somebody who writes maybe for the Irish Times. Yeah. And the person from the Irish Times says, ah, don't write that. Mm. Very difficult for somebody who's going to influence. Exactly. Yeah. It's, there's no intention to influence, but it's very difficult for the person sitting beside them to keep their own mind and say, well, actually, I really like that one. Mm. So we actually ask them to all score individually. So it's purely down to the numbers. They score across five different areas. They're looking at the appearance, which is actually the appearance of the product, never the packaging or the presentation or anything like that. It's when it's plated in front of them just with their entry number. Their aroma and their flavor, their texture, their overall impression of it's is this quality product. Mm. And then in the fifth area where they're looking at, it's called mass appeal. But what they're really looking at there is would I put this on the table for family and friends? Is this yeah. something, if it was in the press at home, would it be only me eating it? Or yeah. you know, it kind of allows room if if somebody is judging something which is a very particular flavor. Yeah. Would I put this on the table if if I had guests over? Would yeah. I be proud to put it, yeah, in front of exactly. other people? Yeah. 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 Or it might be too mild for me, but I know that at home this would be a hit. Yeah. So it's really rigorous. It's incredibly rigorous process. Yeah. It is. And from the I mean at the summer when we do our our judging, that takes six weeks. And yeah. Full on, you've got deliveries coming in all through those six weeks. So as each entry that comes into us can be handled with the care that it deserves to be handled. So you have days which are dedicated just to dairy coming in or just to the fresh meats coming in. So as the whole team can be switched on to that and preparing those for their tasting. So mm. from the minute a producer sends it through to us, that it's it's being minded as much as it should be. We've had... We've had packages arrive in with handwritten notes on the website. Um, I was actually going through photos the other day to clear space in my phone. And I found a picture of a label which was on the outside of a box, which had come through Irish Rail. It had come on the train. On the train. Someone. And on the outside, it was somebody who had worked in a depot. And his wife had entered the competition. He oh. had been supposed to drop it to the couriers. He had missed the couriers. So he was sending it through oh, no. his colleagues who then kindly dropped it to where we were in Cork. It's such an Irish story, isn't it? <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> she might divorce me if I forget something else. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, thank God it arrived. Yeah. You'd be in big trouble. So you really do get all of the details from people when they're delivering yeah oh my god I'd say so yeah and it's there's a huge amount of categories isn't there like it's a huge um like it's a huge logistical undertaking it is but I suppose in terms of the categories that's reflective of what's happening in in Irish drinks because they've over the 15 years they've grown we have 30 categories to start with and we have 36 categories to start with Mm. almost 150 now wow oh my god that's incredible you see some of the areas that have really grown for i mean last year was our second year of having hot sauce as a category because yeah it really has to be judged on its own even from a sensory point of view it's very difficult to judge 
in a category where there's mix of different flavors if you're tasting heat then throughout it yeah but it's kind of reflective of what's happening in Ireland the Irish palate Mm. people are eating more spice people's you know acceptance levels of spice have changed so that's where we then see categories coming through and in turn it's where buyers and journalists are looking to see what is coming through the awards because they can see the trends which are Mm. coming down the line and I'm sure lots of new products like vegan products and gluten-free products and products for different diets and stuff like that probably all uh in more recent times there is we've seen actually i mean we've had the the gluten-free and the dietary specific categories for for a long time now but particularly what's been noticeable in the past couple of years is those in the kind of prepared foods area so salads wraps things which are for a lot of people grab and go Mm. We've actually seen the scores in that area really increase. And it's because there's a lot more small producers who are, I suppose, getting involved. It drives on across the whole, you know, whether it's small or large producers, it drives that quality up. But it's reflective, I suppose, of what the Irish customer is expecting from that Mm. food. They're expecting it to be fresh. They're expecting it to be good quality. People as well have had two years of preparing food for themselves. At yeah. home. Going back to work, they'd like to still be eating as well as they have been. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see changes like that. Yeah. And you've probably seen a lot of changes over the last even two years, because obviously the awards had to go online and you had that whole change. What changes have you seen, say, last year and the, and the year before? I suppose what we saw initially um, in 2020, when things first closed down, we had two things to do. We had to look at how we would run when Mm. we couldn't physically get together and also how we would support the producers. So first and foremost, just to mention in terms of supporting the producers, we had people calling us who had wheels of cheese that were due to go into a restaurant and the restaurants had just closed down and they're saying do you know anyone who can take this are there any individual shops are there any so behind the scenes for those few weeks there was a lot of calls a lot of people together because you just really felt for people yeah and I suppose that contributed then to us saying well regardless we are going to present the awards this year the food still needs Mm. to be celebrated it's we're not going to have a year where there's a gap. Yeah. So we had to get quite determined about it. We unfortunately couldn't have the celebration in person, but we said, well, we can still do the work. Our judges yeah. don't confer. We can get them together. We can present the tastings to them, which we could. So we were able to follow, particularly for the guidelines as some of the restaurants started opening up. We could have judges come in and it actually didn't change how they judged that much yeah yeah because they weren't conferring anyway yeah it changed from our point of view how we handle things we had a lot more processes in place we also had an exciting thing happen which um we had planned on moving our judging system kind of upgrading it so judges could work off their own phone or their own tablet and that was planned for kind of down the line a couple of years (laughs) down the road but we needed it in a couple of months then 
a quickly accelerated project yeah yeah and it's worked brilliantly and it's allowed us to kind of test and really kind of watch how the judging is happening um one of the things which was really interesting was we had initially had a two-round judging system yeah and we knew anecdotally that the finalist round confirmed the first round of judging we knew that okay generally yeah. those top five that moved through to the finalist stage their ranking held the same okay yeah so there's a, a high level of agreement then between yeah, the different judges yeah because of the way the scoring works even when we move them to a different panel of judges to a different location mm. there can be slight differences in time of year with certain categories maybe like dairy but very small um so it gave us a chance in that first year to test it when we knew we couldn't have a finalist judging where we bring 72 people into a room with a team of 55 serving them like mm. it just wasn't possible in 2020 no. so that new online system it gave us a way of testing it and we actually proved the theory that we had kind of known anecdotally by taking judging into different venues all throughout the summer and we presented categories that year twice to check that that is what was happening and it was true so the ranking was holding the same and it allowed us to bring it down to one round of judging in the summer great which makes it a lot easier and not just on us but on producers it's one delivery that they have to coordinate yeah because it's a it's a huge undertaking for a producer to get something to us ready to taste happy with how it's been delivered it's outside of their normal delivery network yeah um and they wanted to come to us as you know as as, as good. and probably can. particularly difficult if you're dealing with really fresh stuff or breads or pastries or things like that that are yeah. very exactly. short shelf life yeah and um just going back I suppose you said that you know Bloss started 15 years ago as your dad that kind of <clears throat> had this idea for uh, an Irish food awards did Artie have a background in food or where did the idea originate from? He did. So he was early in his career, he was actually a fisherman. Okay. And he would have worked as um, an engineer on fishing boats and he would have for a long time been in that job. And as a family, we were very glad then when he came ashore and he started sure, working yeah. in. Yeah. So he worked in a fish factory, processing factory here in Dingle, mm. um, which he then took over as his own business and he started making chowders and pâtés and so that was his background and that's where he was coming from because he was a producer looking at you know where can I go to get an accreditation to show that my product tastes as good as I'm telling people it tastes yeah so that's where he looked um now as a consequence he could never enter the awards so yes that would be a bit unfair yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know he was shaking hands with his competitor the first year of the awards kind of thinking (laughs) (laughs) rethinking the whole thing maybe yeah uh but that's great that I suppose he has that background because it really gives him an insight into how those those entrants are feeling when they send in their products and yeah yeah it's what has made him look at developing other events around the awards mm. because he's seen producers be presented with opportunities where they're maybe in very early stages. They're getting offered deals that they may or may not be ready for. And mm. 
it's one of the reasons why he wanted to start events around the awards that we so we do training events through the backyard yes tell us a bit more about that it started a couple of years ago when we were seeing producers get approached and have different questions and opportunities put in front of them particularly after the awards Mm. and Artie kind of felt we need to support people a bit in this it has Mm. to be more than just the glass we can we've got all of these people coming down on the weekend of the awards who are a wealth of knowledge they have great experience that they're willing to share so will we try and get people talking to each other so he put together an idea to have this venue where you would have two days of panels talking to each Mm. other and allowing producers to engage with them so for example one of the first ones would have been speaking with chefs because a lot of producers think about getting their product on shelf yeah but they're not Um, thinking about restaurants or getting on a menu local menu yeah and it's a totally different approach so we had panels which would cover topics like that um and then the interest in those really grew so we began to take those on the road and then in 2020 we moved them to online and the feedback from producers has been really fantastic and we've been lucky to work with people like taste for success who have supported the online programs Mm. um, and have allowed us then to continue with introducing those producers to work with mentors so our finalists for the past number of years have had the opportunity to sign up with some incredible mentors who have guided those then for a couple of weeks or a couple of months after the awards. Um, So it's really built more on the awards. It's not just a piece of glass. It's Mm. not a black tie dinner that people come to and it's over in a night. It's, It's really about making everything about that opportunity work for the producer and trying to develop a chance for them, really. Mm, because it can be tricky for food producers to make that leap from maybe selling in their local uh, farmer's market to then it's a huge change to be supplying into retail and have the kind of logistics and financial setup and all of that. So I'm sure they really appreciate um, that kind of training and input. The feedback we've gotten so far is that they really do. And what we would always encourage with the producers is not just to to take the training so they can understand that leap, but also so they can decide whether they want to take that leap Mm. and make the choice for themselves. Because sometimes people are so, you know, head down in what they're doing Mm. day to day. They're just busy, under pressure. You know, it's a hands-on job all the time so when Mm. something is coming in front of you you're reacting to it and thinking well I should definitely take this opportunity when sometimes it's valuable to to think about it first and say well is it the plan is it where I want to be going so yeah we always try and encourage whether it's through the events in person which we work with Bank of Ireland on or the online with Taste for Success we always try and encourage them to be just take a little bit of time to make a plan yes and if if any producers want to maybe apply for the awards this year can you tell us a little bit about the application process or how they go about it of course so the first step is to enter online so Mm. on our website irishfoodawards.com the entries open there on the 17th of march 
every it's year to remember St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Find a date that people won't forget. Yeah. Um. So that's every year it opens on the 17th of March. If people are logging on before that, what I would always say is there's a quick little sign up button. And um, if people pop their email in there, they'll get a reminder from us to say when we open for entries. We also always have an early bird entry period. So the first few weeks are at a reduced rate. So we would encourage people to take a look at that timing. And if they're going to make an entry and they know what they're going to enter to get that form filled in at that stage. Yeah. The entry stage is really just an online form. So we're looking for some details on the producer, on their product. We're looking for their category, um, little things like their shelf life. That's really important because, as you mentioned earlier on, logistically to try and plan six weeks of tasting, we need to know when we've got something in, how long we've got. Yeah. So we would ask people to just take a few minutes to make sure everything's filled in correctly there as they like. Mm. We're always available to answer questions. So Artie and I are in the office, you know, whether it's on email or giving either of us a shout on the numbers that are on the website We're happy to help. Those entry period weeks are handed over. And a lot of what we're doing at that stage is answering questions about what category should I enter or just little questions, particularly Mm. if it's someone's first time taking part. So that's really the first stage. And then we move on to the tasting in the summer. Okay, and then there's the, the event itself is normally in October. Yes, and we certainly hope we'll be in person this year. We're I'm sure everybody's asking you that constantly. Yeah. Is it going to go ahead this year? Is it going to go ahead this year? But I think everyone's excited to get back together yeah. and just celebrate, you know, the two years that people have have put down. Yeah. Um, so we're excited. We're planning out what will hopefully be a really fantastic couple of days of events for producers. So and it'll probably be a Will it be a little bit different this year will thing, or will it be like pre, pre-COVID blast? I think it'll be a mix of both because mm. what we're looking at is some things that have worked really well for the past couple of years. And also we've been asking producers what they've missed, what they would really like mm. to see back, what's important to them. Because at the end of the day, we're only two people in the office. Our team swells when we run the events but we are just two people. So we've taken all of people's feedback and we're going to plan that into something which will hopefully be as much fun as it's always been and deliver as many opportunities and just bring people together. I think people are excited to. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? It's just having an opportunity to, to network with other food producers to see people again. Even yeah. just that, or go be able to go down to to Dingle if if it's possible. And people have made deals in. We've had stories back where people have run into somebody in the queue for coffee, or yeah. they've been in for a pint, and they end up sitting beside the buyer that they have been trying to get in touch with for months, and they wow. haven't been able to get past an email. And all of a sudden, they sit down and they go, "Oh." <laughs> I'm in with you. And there's something about it being in Dingle because people have already asked us, they've been asking for years, um, oh, would you move to somewhere else? Or, you know, Dublin might be more central. Or, you know, yeah. We get those questions. And Dingle is Blass's home. And that's yeah. where we will always be. But one of the benefits is 
when people travel, they're making a commitment to come down. Yeah. And they've given those couple of days over to being there, to celebrating their business, to celebrating their colleagues. And so that atmosphere just changes. A little yeah. Bit. More engaged with the whole thing, maybe. Yeah. The people they normally meet in suits behind desks, having gone through 10 emails to make an appointment, are there in jeans and a T-shirt and they end up having great crack. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it makes it so much easier for someone to pick up the phone than the next week and say, I bumped into you last week. Can we maybe get up a call? So that's what we really want to hold on to with the events. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because I obviously GS1 Ireland ha- has sponsored uh, Category and Blast for many years and I've been in GS1 Ireland since 2019 and everyone keeps saying to me, have you been to Blast yet? Have you been to Blast yet? And the first year I was there, I was on maternity leave. And then obviously <laughs> the last two years, I know it's been COVID. And people are like, oh my God, you've been working here for three years and you still haven't been to Blast. Like all raving about it saying it's the absolute best weekend that it's so special that you just make these great connections with people that everyone is so warm and welcoming and I'm raging (laughs) that I haven't been yet (laughs) you've a lot to look forward to this year yes yes hopefully hopefully and of course Um, because it's the same weekend as the Dingle Food Festival yeah incredible food that we get and like oh just just even going down to taste all the food I just can't wait (laughs) neither can we (laughs) oh god well listen thank you so much for coming on the program today to chat chat to us um Fallon and thank you so much for explaining how it all works and um, you know the application process and everything the 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 events and the backyard at Bloss um, if somebody wants to follow you follow, find out more about the events how do they do that where do they find you online so you can find us primarily our website irishfoodawards.com we're also active on twitter at Bosna Heron and on instagram and facebook so those three are the social platforms that we're on perfect Thank you so much for going on, Fallon. Thank you. Thank you to our contributor today to Fallon Moore of Blossna Heron. Today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland was presented and produced by me, Fanula Malone. You can subscribe to Scan Talk on Apple, Google, Acast, or on our website, gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time. <laughs>